think about the things that you wanted to do a long time ago and know that they can still be done. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these days. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. You might be turning on this podcast and you might be new to it and you might think, why on earth is there a survivor specific episode? Maybe you came here from TikTok. Maybe this is only your second or third episode and you thought, wow, I can really relate to these girls are talking about post-grad life in their 20s and now they're talking about survivor. And that's a very valid thought in your head. First of all, thoughts are valid, but let me explain it to you. If you've been watching and listening along with the Just Go With It journey for a long time, you know that Ashley and I are so obsessed with the show Survivor. And if you're new, you're just learning this. But I think we can all think back into our life and think about at least someone we know who's obsessed with this show. And you might have never seen an episode. You might not even understand it. But you know how obsessive people are with this show. And there is a reason. There is a cult following. And there's a reason that Ashley and I are sucked in. And so we are so excited. We've been talking about getting a Survivor guest on forever and ever and ever. And we have a Survivor guest. I'm not even, I'm going to wait. You're going to have to wait the next two minutes to find out who it is. But we have someone who went on, competed, had a great story, a great character arc on the show. And we're so excited to pick his brain about everything behind the scenes of the show. He leaves nothing out. He gives us all the tea. Even if you are someone who has never watched Survivor, we're not talking about just like his specific gameplay or anything. We're talking about a lot of behind the scenes questions, editing, producing, all that good stuff. So I think you'll still find it interesting. Yeah, if you like any CBS type show, like The Challenge, if you like Big Brother, um, The Circle, I'm not sure if that's CBS, but you know, similar, similar challengey game type reality shows, this is going to be a really interesting episode for you. And we go all over the place. We ask him the hard questions and it's so, such a fun conversation. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. I hope this is a fun addition to your Friday or to your weekend whenever you listen to this. And we're just so grateful for you guys for following us along and for listening to us. We love you. Oh, how sentimental. Don't forget to go and subscribe to this podcast and also to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, um, all of that good stuff. Also, fans, sound off in the comments. I've been trying to change my TikTok handle to something because we created a separate TikTok account at justgowithit.podcast for this show specifically, but me as a human being, Abby Hunt, I wanted to think of something cool. And of course, Abby Hunt's taken, so like lame. Right now, it's professional icon. But I've also um, been throwing around. When you look at professional icon on paper, it looks the L-I-C from professional to icon looks like it's saying professional lice. And that might just be us seeing that and nobody else. But if you have any suggestions, we're open because I've also been throwing around hot and educated. I think that could be a great name, but we just want something fun, flirty and great. So if you have any ideas for what my TikTok handle should be, let me know. And aside from that really important thing, I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this episode. It's going to be so fun. Give it a listen and enjoy Survivor fans. Come one, come all. (laughs) 
what's going on you guys happy friday happy hour we are so excited because today we have a really really amazing guest if you guys have been listening for a while you know that back in 2020 ashley and i got really hooked on the show survivor which so many millions of fans have been watching for years and years and I'm only mad at myself for not watching it as a young child. There's only time to make up. But since then, we've made a lot of headway with just binge watching the seasons, of course, and getting super into all the cast and their lives and everything. And we've talked for a long time about having some Survivor interviews. And so today, we're very excited to bring you our very first one. We have Davey Rickenbacker from season 37, David versus Goliath, Survivor. Welcome, Davey. We could not be more excited to talk with you. Oh my God. First of all, I did not know I was your first Survivor guest. <laughs> oh, you are the first. Oh the very God. first. I'm so We've honored. reached out to a lot of people and a lot of people either are just too busy or they don't want anything to do with us and our little podcast or whatever, what have you. But you were one of my favorites of season 37. <laughs> just ask Ashley. Like, I'm not even just saying that. Like, I was so into it. I was like, yes, Davey, like oh, Davey yeah. for the win. I was so sad when you got voted off. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry that I couldn't pull out that win, but hopefully Jeff will get it together and get us back out there soon, you know? Yes. Okay, this is a good way to kick it off about Jeff, but at times it might seem like we are literally slamming you with questions because, like I said, you're the first person we've spoken to that's been on Survivor, and so we were like kids on Christmas. But (laughs) first off, how is Jeff? probes is he just as wonderful as he seems handsome as he seems charismatic jeff is all of those things but he's also got a bad side to him oh really what i mean by that is he is a producer of the show so he has mm-hmm. to make sure that things are happening when they need to mm-hmm. be happening so jeff is mm-hmm. like no bullshit when it comes to getting stuff oh. done um I remember one time we were in a challenge, in the midst of a challenge, it was David versus Goliath. And this was the challenge that my uh, tribe actually lost. And Natalie from the Goliath tribe, she was oh, like- I remember her well. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> she was like, uh, Jeff, I have a question because we had a puddle in the beginning of our challenge. And I think that we had a disadvantage because of that. And Jeff went, this was my first realization that Jeff is all about business. He was Mm -hmm. like, let me be perfectly fucking clear. If we thought that that puddle was going to be an issue in this challenge, we would not have run the challenge. Okay, look, so let me just say, Jeff is about his business. <laughs> Jeff is Jeff a hard said, ass. We've been doing this for 20 years. You think we don't know about a damn puddle? Like, move on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's iconic. I can see him being that way. I have another question about Mr. Jeff, who yeah. I love so much. Yeah, yeah. He obviously has been doing this for a long time. He loves the game just as much as all of the fans love the game which i think makes him so iconic um but when he does his little spiels you know before after at tribal things like that does he ever have to do retakes like is he ever like wait let me start over oh my gosh it is so rare maybe like once or twice and i've mm-hmm. heard from other guests uh well from other shows like big brother and challenge like i heard on the challenge like uh tj is horrible with that like he will go yeah. again and again and again mm-hmm. and even julie messes up live on big brother so right. for jeff to only maybe mess up like once or twice that that's gold i think he's just got a rhythm and he just knows mm-hmm. how to do it 
So you had an interesting way of being cast on the show. We know that you were a super fan. You've been watching since you were little. Um, to my knowledge, you were called up really last minute, right, for this season, which usually people know kind of well in advance that we're interested. There's a whole long ass process for casting, whatever, whatever. And you had an interesting perspective. It was like, hey, Zavi, can you drop everything and come on? Can you tell us what that process was like, why that happened, to your knowledge, like why that happened and what was going through your head? Okay, are you sure you're ready for this? Because this is a long story. Oh, <laughs> oh let's, we're ready. Let's we get into time. it. Okay. <laughs> Nothing but time. Um, all right, so I started applying for Survivor. Uh, well, I won't say started applying because I only applied once and they gave me a phone call. But I did go to an open casting call, which I completely sucked at. And that was in my mind thinking, Davey, okay, if you're serious, you're going to need to make a tape. Send in the tape. I sent in the tape. The next week they called me and they were like, they love me. They want to fly me out to L.A. So mm-hmm. um, it was going to be a week long of interviews. So I had to lie to my job. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. I had to lie to my job. I told them I had strep throat or something for a week. And then I flew to L.A. <laughs> I was already yep. playing. I was already playing the game Survivor. I flew to L.A. And uh, we did series of interviews. They were like. The first series was with the casting director. Second series was with Jeff and the casting team. And the third series was with the CEO, the execs of CBS at CBS Studios. And you knew that you were doing good each round because uh, they had a lot of us there. And each round, people would drop off. So, like, America's Next Top Model or something, you know? People wouldn't make it to the next round. It's like the cast photo, and they just disappear. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I knew I was in good standing because there was only, and, you know, they used to cast us in these archetypes, and I was, it was only three black men. So each round, a black man was going home, and I was staying. like, they are looking for a black man and look no further. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing pretty good so they're gonna call me so then um i make it through the final interview and they give me my shots to go to fiji and i'm like wait is this a done deal does that mean that i'm on the show um so then we fly home and i don't hear from them for freaking two or three months and i'm like okay this is kind of weird so when i do finally hear from the casting director jesse he calls me and he's like Davey, I've got good news and bad news. And you never want to hear a a phone Mm -hmm. call started out like that, you know? Right. He was like, the bad news is you did not make it. However, the good news is you're an alternate. So you could make it eventually. And I was like, who wants wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll take it. You know, if there's the slim chance, I need to give him a, um, you know, I need to be good about it because I don't want to ruin my chances. Mm -hmm. And, um... I was talking with my mom throughout this whole process, but I did not tell her that they had uh, made me an alternate. So every you day I told I talk- her that you didn't get it. No, I didn't tell her that either. I kind of just was like, well, maybe they'll call mom. Maybe they'll call. And, uh, you know, she she kept saying, I bet they're going to call you. I bet they're going to call you. But me in the back of my mom, I'm thinking, I love mom, her. mom, they're not going to call me because you don't know this, but they already told me no. 
But lo and yeah. behold, <laughs> they Your freaking called me. <laughs> Stop. That is so funny. Okay, so it's interesting that they have alternates, right? Because if yeah. something last minute happens mm-hmm. or whatever, they got to throw people in at the last second. Yeah. Do you know what the circumstances were that caused you to be able to be called up? Oh, yeah. I'm about to give you all the juicy tea. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> don't hold back. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys are aware of this or heard the rumors already, but are you familiar with Sharif Sharif Fields, the survivor Only legend? God, we would lay down on the train tracks for Sharif. We love her to death. We stand her. We can't believe she's never won. <laughs> so, okay, so listen, and I'm sure you're aware of uh, Queen Sandra. Uh, uh, yes, of course. Okay. Two-time winner. Mm-hmm. So, the rumor is that they wanted to have Sandra's daughter and Sari's son on David versus Goliath. Interesting. So, I'm not sure why Sandra's daughter didn't make it, um, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll she she did go on to play on Survivor Australia, but Sari's son did make it. So he was out there in Fiji, and apparently. He did not take well to the elements. Um, oh, God. And I'm sugarcoating oh, that for saying he was afraid of frogs. <laughs> frogs. It was, well, me frogs. I'm sure it was more than just the frogs, but I think I that CBS respected Sari's legacy so much that they, they didn't said, want to it you know, I think that they said, yeah. you know, maybe we'll bring him back someday, but right now, He's not a good fit for the season. So they send him crazy. home. <laughs> and lo and behold, who do they call? Little old me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, that's so interesting. So do they, when you say that he wasn't really doing well with the elements, is there yeah. a period of time when they bring you to the island to, like, test if you can physically do this before they actually bring you in on the boats? Like, what we see the opening scenes, like, everybody's okay. driving in. Yeah. Oh, my God. This whole thing is re- literally like the Hunger Games. Um <laughs> Like, there are different periods. When they fly you out to Fiji, everyone has their own bite-sized tent that they live in. (laughs) So the tent is in the wild, not the wilderness, but the tent is, the tent is behind Ponderosa, where there's a lot of weeds, a lot of grass, a lot of wet, a lot of rain, swamp-ish type things. And I think that that was something that kind of threw him off. And they were thinking, okay, if he can't take this, then Mm -hmm. we probably don't need to have him out there in the real deal. Because, you know, we survived two cyclones on my season. So if he can get past that. And you're not allowed to talk to the other contestants, right, during that time? You're not allowed to talk to them per se. However, you can make eye contact with people. You're like doing sign language? Yeah, and And being that I was uh, brought out so abruptly, I was very nervous because I thought that they were already going to be making contact with each other. But lo and behold, you know, I I made the right eye contact with the right people. And Uh and I think that that did me some good. Uh Amazing. I was going to ask about the nonverbal communication as well, because everybody knows body language is huge on the island. Even at tribal for last minute decisions, people are just nodding at each other or giving each other certain looks that means certain things. So when you are in those first stages of building trust and trying to really decide who I want to play this game with, 
how much of it is verbal and how much of it is nonverbal in terms of feeling trustworthy when you just get that general vibe from somebody? Um, I think a lot of it happens at Ponderosa, and, and I think that's intentional because it's nonverbal. So, uh, you know, I would walk past the hammock and I'd see Carl sitting there and we'd make, you know, head nods at each other or we'd all be eating at the same time. And I try to pass the salt to someone if they needed it, uh, you know, suggesting, do you need this? Do you need that? Just to show that I'm willing to work with you yeah. or even they do have books for us there. So or even, you know, try to pass off what books that I, I finished reading just to let people know what type of things that I'm into. So I was reading a Game of Thrones book. So that played a lot to when I got on the island mm -hmm. and everyone who were Game of Thrones fans wanted to have conversations with me. So the pregame is very crucial. Since you were kind of back and forth, you didn't know if you would get casted on the season or not. Were you vigorously working out to for the physical challenges? Because Abby, we made Abby apply like a month ago and we've had her in the gym <laughs> to make oh, wow. sure she's ready to go. <laughs> okay, well, sending good energy your way. Um, Thank you so much. Never stop working out. And I mean, it's an added <laughs> bonus because you're trying to make your body better anyway. I mean, if you don't mm -hmm. make it, you, at least we you got to be young and hot anyway. Might you as well know? be a survivor. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I didn't stop. Uh, I continue because, I mean, I was in a groove before they told me that I was an alternate. So I'm like. You know, go ahead and swim my laps, do my treadmill. I did the, I did, I did the minimal, minimal. But I mean, you don't really want to lose a lot of weight going out there. So right. I kind of just did the minimal, oh, yeah. and you know, I was, I was in the best, best shape that I had been in order to go out there. Of course, I got in better shape when I was starving, but yeah. The water thing. Do they have a well where all your water is, and you just have to be boiling it? Or you're not, like, digging for water at all, right? <laughs> no, those are the ancient survivor days. They don't do that anymore. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they give us – they have a whale out there, and – I think that they replenish the water because I, once or twice I would go to that well in the mornings and try mm -hmm. to wash my hair, not in the well, but outside of the <laughs> well, and they made me stop. And I was like, wait, why is that a big deal if it's a well? But apparently they probably replenish it mm -hmm. themselves. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And in terms of hygiene, just because you were saying about washing your hair, does everybody genuinely just smell like really truly so disgusting or do they let you have like deodorant because i know they give you like sunscreen contacts tampons what else do they give you well you know what's so funny is because we're all eating the same thing and it's minimal like rice and coconut i don't know if we all smelled the same and we just couldn't tell but mm -hmm. i think that because we weren't getting many toxins in our bodies and things of that nature I don't think we smell bad. Now, the cameramen would probably say different. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> because true. Because they don't live like, up there. But showering. <laughs> I, had, I had no issue when it came to anything. I mean, okay. we're, we're brushing our teeth with um, not actually brushing them, but we're scraping them with uh, palm from stems. So we're getting rid of the plaque that way. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're washing, we're bathing in the, uh, sea once a day. Um, so I don't know, maybe uh, you ask other survivors, they say different, but I think that we smell peachy keep. <laughs> I'm sure the crew has something very different to say about that. Do you remember your teeth and your mouth feeling dirty or were the palm fronds sufficient? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't remember them feeling dirty. Uh, I mean, uh, 
yeah, I really do not remember. And that's, right. that's weird for me. But yeah, um, as far as conditions go, though, and people ask me, um, what was the worst thing about uh, Survivor? I always have the same answer, and it's the chafing. You guys know what chafing is, right? Oh, yeah. Between yes. the legs, mostly. Yes, yes. So I had no idea what chafing was because, I mean, sure, I did it as a baby. But when I got out there and was always <laughs> in, you know, my pants were always wet. Yeah. They actually, we had to, um, had to, we had a medical check twice a day. That's uh, before we start a challenge and after we did the challenge. And uh, Dr. Joe, he actually prescribed me some medication that was helping. So, yeah. Oh, good. And I didn't realize, yeah, you're just encrusted in sand from the entire time. Oh, my God. You would think that some people would, you know, someone like Russell Hans would probably use that to his advantage um, yeah. and, 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 you know, uh, uh, make sure that everyone's always wet. But that was like really hard for me to deal with. So at, at yeah. some point in the game, I was trying not to get in the ocean at all. And you also had torrential downpour, cyclone storms, like unprecedented. Oh it always rains on Survivor gosh. and you see them like huddling in their little shelter on the bamboo. But like you guys had it bad and you had to get evacuated, actually. So my question is, where do they take you when you evacuate? Do you just go to like a hotel and then everyone's like sequestered off by themselves? Or what does that look like? Where do they put you all? I know, right? So, okay. So for the first time, because they evacuated us, quote unquote, twice, the first time, and this is the one that I always, this is one that I tell my grandchildren about because I'm literally walking through a sandstorm. Like there's pellets coming at my eyes. There's one, like we walked through a freaking cyclone tornado. Um, and then we went to a big tent and this was the production's tent, which was really not the best conditions for someone surviving a cyclone. But they gave us the, uh, the uh, you know, those uh, aluminum foil blankets to warm up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they didn't really feed us or anything. It was only for like until the next day. Um, but mm -hmm. it was in walking distance from where we were. So that was the first time. Now, the second time, because they said it was like a category five or whatever, they had to get us the fuck out of there. <laughs> so they're like, you guys aren't surviving this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they um, and this happened to be right after a challenge which means someone went home. So they had to be extra careful not to let certain tribes see certain tribes. So mm. they sent us to a, um, it wasn't a hotel, but it was like a hut. They sent each of us to our own huts. Uh, sorry, our own. They sent each teams to our own mm -hmm. huts. But I'm making it sound bad because we had TV in there. We were able to watch a Survivor um and, yeah yeah we were able to watch uh two seasons they they're allowed like, us me, they're like have you guys ever heard of the show let's put yeah, it on the TV. Right, right right they they allowed us to watch millennials versus gen x or second chances and they let us watch castaway the movie with tom hanks because that okay, you sounds, know that, that sounds like a dream situation getting to watch castaway and survivor this it was hilarious. it was a good it was a cool little vacation from the game i i won't i won't lie um and we we got an apple a day we were out there for two days uh so an you know apple a day keep the doctor away so you know it, it, oh it was it was God. cool but um 
but yeah, uh, so they they sent us out there, and then they brought us back. When they brought us back into the game, that was when we uh, first have a challenge, and you'll see the reactions of the other tribes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, it, it was it was an interesting experience. I don't know if they always do that for everyone else when they evacuated them, but we yeah, needed to get the depends. we needed to get out of there. <laughs> okay, I'm living for these behind the scenes. <laughs> living. Did you? Okay, this is like a two-part question. Did you have a strategy in your mind when leading up to when you knew you were on the show, but like leading up to actually stepping foot on the island? And did that change when you saw everyone? And then also, like, this what is how are I'm you going to play the game? Sort of deal. Yeah, and then also, or what are you? Are you basing first impressions off of physical appearances, age? Besides the Games of Thrones paperback reading, what else are you basing first impressions on? Well, like I said, I was thrown into the game like a day before, so I didn't even get to see everyone. I tried to do as best I could to, you know, just see what type of person certain people were, uh, you know, see what type of books they were reading, um, see who was an asshole to production when they didn't need to be, Alec. Um, (laughs) Oh, uh, hold out. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I really had to, uh, base it off of. And now for my game plan going in, it's funny because reality TV has evolved. Um, I'm sure you guys remember in the beginning of the days when there would be like one black person per season. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe I would be that only black person. So me getting out there and seeing there were three other black people, I'm like, oh my gosh, my strategy's out the window. I was gonna make sure You're I like, was dang it. You know, I'm like, gosh darn it, man. <laughs> but of course that did work in my favor. I, I, I really love that we have uh even now, so now in this season of Survivor are 40 on, um during the wake of George Floyd, us alumni, we got together. We started a petition to get 50% people of color on each season. And CBS, wow. lo and behold, they listened. So now it's even better, more represented. Um, but back cool. to my – thank you. But back to my strategy, you know, I kind of just wanted to be the people person that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to get be too extroverty because I knew with reality TV people – everyone's an extrovert. So I wanted to kind of tone myself down just a tad, but be very aware of my surroundings. I wanted to get in good with, uh, you know, a couple of guys, a couple of girls uh, initially. And I think I did that. I think one of my weaknesses was when we switched those tribes. I, I found it hard to connect with the Goliaths, and I'm sure that's uh, got to do with, you know, socioeconomics and all of that, because, you know, I'm used to the Davids in my normal life, but meeting mm-hmm. some of the Goliaths was a bit of a culture shock. Um, I did good, uh, you know, in conversation here and there, but I, I, I could never be as close to them as I was with the Davids that I met. When you get to the merge, are the is the opposing tribe where you're like in the minority compared to them being all Goliaths, are they nice to you or are they standoffish or is it different than what it looks like on camera? Um it's kind of hard to answer that. They're they are they're nice in front of you, but you can kind of tell there's some high school cattiness back and forth, Mm -hmm. some whispering going on, some fakeness you can tell right off bat. um, And you just really just got to 
roll with the punches there. Um, there was only one time I really felt alienated, and it was during a reward challenge. And it's probably my own fault because the day before I had played an idol and got John out of there. <laughs> I was going to ask about that specific tribal. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, put a pin yeah. in that one. Okay, okay. And so um, I was on a team with four Goliaths and we won the reward. And then we went to a burger shack. And I noticed that no one was really talking to me and everyone was mm -hmm. whispering. And I'm sure they were saying, keep an eye on David, keep an eye on David. So they probably was thinking that I was looking for a clue on, or something. Um, but right. there'd be some little cattiness like that here and there. Uh, but it's the game, you know, um, and, you know, we're all better for it now. But back then. <laughs> yeah. So circling back to that one specific tribal. So you found two idols on your time on the island correct two of them yep, yep, yep. so exciting survivor bucket list so fun to find an idol and you used it so strategically you used it to save christian's ass on your tribe because christian was going home he was a big threat strategic likable all that good stuff and he was getting all the votes right and you had this idol secretly and you were just sitting back with your toothpick so iconic so calm cool collected and you took down the mayor of Slamtown, and when when John went home with two votes of this whole big ass tribe, like I just, it was so great to watch back home. And then just how excited you were after the fact that you were like, I'm this David. I just took down John. No one saw it coming. Like you couldn't hold in your excitement. And like, that was literally us back home watching. So mm. I loved it. What was going through your mind when you stood up and you were like, Jeff, I'm scared for me, but I'm more scared for my boy Christian. And everyone's like absolutely shook to their core because no one knew you had it. Oh my God. That day was probably the most horrifying day of for me being in the game. Because, you know, you think you can trust these people, but you don't know if you can trust these people until that time comes when you need them. Um, mm -hmm. I even got in arguments with production that day because I felt like the cameramen were only focusing on me. And and me, I pulled Krishna, I pulled Krishna aside. I was like, Christian, they won't stop pointing the camera at me. And producers ran around the corner. It's like, Dave, you can't do stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. Like we were legit arguing back and forth, which Damn. I apologized to them the next day. But I was, you know. Uh, emotions uh, are high emotions you know? were high yeah, like high. i'm like this could be me going home this could be me playing an idol for christian and then they plan a vote on me and i end mm -hmm. up duped i end up being the dumbest person on survivor thank god that didn't happen um oh, thank god. but yeah man it, it it was it was uh it was a crazy day but it paid off very well you know as you can see what happened with tribal and we celebrated in their faces, which we probably shouldn't have done. We probably could have been a little more coy about that. But, oh, yeah. man, yeah, that's definitely in my top five uh, moments of the game. Back to more of, like, strategy gameplay. So Pat had to go home first episode because of the medical evacuation. But before that, um, Nick was on the chopping block. And did they just make that seem like that was the case because of the eventual thing? Or was he actually on the chopping block and happened to win the whole show? You know, honestly, you ask each member of our tribe and we all have a different answer. So I don't know if that's right or wrong. But in my experience or in my eyes, I think that <clears throat> Nick was going to be fine because mm -hmm. uh, I had already told him that, you know, people are saying he's not pulling his weight. And he had already corrected that. Um, and this okay. was like the first day. 
you know, Elizabeth had said it, Carl had said it to him, and he was already straightening up. And Pat was really getting on people's nerves. So I really think that it would have been Pat either way going home. Really? You know, okay. I, I, I hate that it I hate that it happened the way that it did, but I think that either way he would have been the one out of there. <laughs> and then you said that the camera crew's getting mad at you for kind of running around behind the scenes. I've always wondered, is the camera crew giving away alliances that are being formed under the table? Because Absolutely. That seems- yeah, that seems hard to be navigating that because they're obviously clustered around the people that are talking about the most important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and don't quote me because I'm not sure, but I think they all have like headsets, walkies, where they can talk to be talk to each other here and there. Have you met any Survivor real legends in the game? So people like Suri, Parvati, Boston Rob, have you met them and were you a complete fan when you did? Oh, man, well, you, you know... It's been five years, so I've been mm-hmm. going to, you know, Survivor events left and right. So, yeah, I've met everyone from Sandra to Sari to Jeremy. Jeremy was probably uh, my favorite meet because he was really just like the homie. He was like a friend that I'd known for so many years. You know, you expect this person to be this type of celebrity yeah. um, because they're your hero growing up. But he was really just easy to kick it with you know <laughs> oh that's cool yeah. so amanda has said do you feel like you experienced this to like a lesser degree amanda had said like oh i felt like it was hard to interact in my daily life and literally trust just regular people interactions just because there's so much talking going on on survivor did you kind of feel that way when you got back yeah like a I little did, culture shock i did feel that way when i got back to the point where i was lying to my friends when i didn't need to lie to them <laughs> even in my daily life i will think about life as if I'm on Survivor, like my alliances, like my friends, my coworkers, like the relationships I have with people. I'm like, oh, they're in my alliance or I gave too much information away to this person. Like I'm psychotic (laughs) and I just know that someday I'm going to make it on this show. So it's going to support, you know, my, my journey on there. But I'm curious who your favorite person to play with was on the season. And if there are any people you just really didn't vibe with that you're like, you know what, I'm glad you went home. (laughs) Yeah, I got those answers right here. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I really love playing with Nick. Um, I I think you guys see in in the show that, you know, I I grew up around black people. I went to a historically black college or university, so I never really had any white friends. And Nick was probably that guy that, you know, kind of just – he was the most similar to me. We had, we were in the same, not the same fraternity, but we were both Kappa men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were around the same age. Uh, we were jokesters, really into meme culture, millennial culture, and um, we would ch- we were chucking jives so much. So, uh, my favorite person out there was definitely Nick. Um, and then my least favorite person out there was Alec. I think I hinted to that before. <laughs> You're like the assholes to the producers? Alec. <laughs> to which we're like we're like almost best friends now. But out there, he was just mm-hmm. like really uh, quote unquote privileged, stuck up. He would argue with the producers. Um, when he when we swapped tribes, he was on my Vuku tribe, and I thought we had a great bond. And then when we got to the merge, he completely forgot about me. And, like, he tried to call me out at Tribal one time. And if I had won the game, you would have seen that argument. But it was like a big blow up, and we were going back mm. and forth. So, yeah, I didn't Dang. really care for Alec out there. But, like I said, he's, he's one of my closest friends. 
Have you watched the entirety of your season, and how would you feel about the editing? Um, I only watched it live, so I didn't go back and watch it again, and that's kind of strategic because um, whenever I do go back on Survivor, I want to watch it so that those feelings are fresh, and I can go out there and make some better I love how you say when, not if. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Like, when I go back. Gotta speak it into existence. Of yes. course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... In the beginning, I wasn't really feeling my edit because I kind of felt like they were making me a comic relief, which I don't mm -hmm. I didn't mind that much towards the end because they were showing some of my strategy as well. Um, so, yeah, all in all, I think I probably had a better edit, edit than most of the people uh, from my season. So I really can't complain that much. Yeah. Yeah, I as a viewer fell in love with you, so they did something right. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to go back on Survivor as a returner, do you just express that you have interest and then you're like in reserves until they choose you for the perfect cast? Or are you still applying again, like uh, the common folk? <laughs> no, you don't have to apply again, but it is 100% their decision making. You know, you can't really do anything to influence them. Um, if it's like something like a fan vote, or something, then yeah, that's based on the fans. But for the most part, it's 100% the producer. So we talked about a physical toll that you didn't really think about beforehand was the chafing, because obviously surviving the elements and the starving and all that stuff, we all know that's coming when you, yeah. when you go into it. But in terms of mental toll that it takes on you, besides maybe the paranoia, what was something that you were out there on the island and you didn't really expect that was a lot harder than you had to have to deal with and maybe something that you thought was going to be harder and it actually wasn't as tough out there yeah. mentally. Well, mentally, I think that I fared pretty well. The only thing that I will say, um, fatigue, fatigue kind of got to me and that's kind of just, mm -hmm. you know, I made it so far into the game to where maybe around day 30, 30, 30-ish, thinking came it was kind of hard to think about things like it was kind of hard to mm -hmm. run scenarios in my mind like I would have been able to do under a full belly you know um I'm dehydrated um but I never had any Shane moments where I'm like talking to a Blackberry uh, uh cell phone or oh, that's a rock I never had anything like that but, but when also, it came wasn't Shane like suffering from the depression yeah. of getting off of nicotine yeah. he like quit yeah. smoking the day exactly. before and everyone was like why'd you do that <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah, but there but uh kara she had uh i think she experienced vertigo out there um mm. uh and well no i probably shouldn't say that um but yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah but you know uh, a lot of things happen out there but i think that all in all um mentally i i for the most part i, I fared well when you are doing a puzzle during a challenge are you kind of thinking to yourself my god if i had had some food <laughs> this would be a lot easier and clearer like do you just feel like you can tell on your own like my brain is running so slow for this puzzle you know what? I don't think so. I feel like when you're in the moment, you don't think about it. But watching it back on TV, I'm like, yeah, I definitely was out of my mind at that point. Because mm -hmm. on one of the puzzles, my puzzle pieces were on the ground. And I'm up trying to make the puzzles happen and not even knowing they're on the ground. That's things that you don't notice because you're so delirious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you're, t you, you're hitting the nail on the head, though. 
how long do tribal councils last and are people really at each other's throats more than they show on camera? Oh, my gosh. No, I think that they're pretty accurate when people are at their throats because that's good television. Um, but, oh, tribal lasts so long. Oh, my god! Because they have to get so many sound bites from, like, every single person. Yes, and not even that, but, like, before you even are brought out, you have to go through wardrobe check you have to go through mic oh. check you have to go through this and that and you do two run-throughs of walking into tribal and walking out oh, God. It's, it's such an antagonizing process but yeah hey, we gotta get it done you know <laughs> gotta get it done for the viewers and then when you're on the jury and everyone comes back and they all look all good and they showered and they've eaten. Are they staying in hotels or what's their situation? So while they're they, they put us back at the same place we were for pregame, which is called Ponderosa. And I don't know if you guys okay. ever walk, watched any of the Ponderosa videos. You can find them on YouTube. Um, but it shows what our life is like when we're all out of the game. It, it We all have our it's like our own very own little uh, uh, video blog. So you should check those out. Oh, I will be checking those out. Thank you so much. <laughs> First thing I'm doing after this interview, straight to YouTube. <laughs> or are there any romances that they don't, or flirtations that they don't show for whatever reason or another? Um. Well, we talked to the psychologists and the doctors, and they're like, First of all, you guys don't have a sex drive out here because you're on, uh, <laughs> you know, you're Tell on. Talk to Amanda and Ozzy, please. <laughs> right, okay. Let's talk it out. Um, but there were flirtations out there. You know, Alec and Kara are together now, so I'm sure they were floated, flirting on the island. Um, there wasn't really anyone my age or anyone I was interested in, So, but I'm sure that if there was, I probably would have done some flirtation myself. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for the most part, no. <laughs> do they, or do the women and men naturally kind of stick to each other just when you're around camp? I feel like everyone intermingles pretty good. I think it's less about uh, gender and kind of just more about, you know, who you made that connection with. Mm -hmm. Um, uh. But then again, yeah, you might have a point because, yeah, I did stick around with Carl and Christian and Nick a little more than I stuck around <laughs> yeah. with the other women on my tribe. I feel yeah. like that's just human nature. Yeah, maybe it's like out in nature. the world. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. naturally, the women are like helping to like braid stuff and men are chopping down. <laughs> yep. 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 Bamboo. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn anything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness? You know how at the end, everyone always talks about what the journey meant to them, aside from winning the money or whatever, what, what experience they got out of it. What, um, I guess, what life lessons did you take from going on such an intense experience like that? Mm. Um, being on Survivor is very euphoric. Uh, I had a closer walk with God out there, you know, because you're in your own mind. You're you who else are you gonna talk to? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would talk to God and try to get in the right mind frame and, you know, I would pray for things. I would pray for things like, God, please don't let me leave without finding an idol. I found an idol. Two mm -hmm. idols. Uh, please don't mm -hmm. let me leave without winning immunity. I want immunity. The one thing that I should have been talking about would would have should have been don't let me leave here at all so I can yeah. win this game. <laughs> right. Did you um, think you were gonna win? Like, did you go in saying like I have a good shot at winning this, or did you just go and say let's see what happens? I think I, I had a great shot and I went in 
feeling that. However, I know that the producers didn't think that in the beginning. And I made mm-hmm. them, I kind of forced them to take me as a serious threat because, and this is another behind the scenes and you'll have to go rewatch. Uh, that first idol that I found, that was an act that you saw because I found it without Ooh. the cameras. And that goes mm-hmm. to say the cameramen, they only follow people who they think will be a threat. And when I told them that, oh, yeah, I already found the auto, they panicked. They were like, oh, my gosh, oh. keep the cameras on, Davey. Blah, 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 blah. So now that they know that I'm a serious threat to win, oh then they would help me out in confessionals. They would not really oh. give me answers, but they would suggest things like the uh, the uh, Natalia vote um, when we were split in David's and Goliath's. I was mm-hmm. ready to vote out Elizabeth. But the producers was like, Davey, why are you so ready to get rid of Elizabeth? Maybe you should talk oh. to Alec and see if, you know, he might go another way. And that was a green flag in my mind. I was like, oh, so that means that Alec was just in here before me saying that he wants to get rid of Natalia. Cool. We'll go with that then. So, yeah, they'll, they'll look you. And that's why it's not a good idea to piss off production. Because <laughs> they'll, like, kind of help you. Yep. That's so, so interesting. Crazy. Do you feel like that's the extent to which production gets involved? Just like those little, tiny little guiding questions and confessionals? Or do they have a heavier hand than we think? Um, I don't know how 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 heavy of a hand they might have on seasons of their uh top favorite players like Boston Rob and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, when they have captains and then they'll have the new players, I'm, they probably do a little more. But I think for like the uh, uh, the new, the uh, you know, when they bring in a new cast, I think that they are pretty level field of just, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm kind of indifferent on that. It's because, probably different each season, yeah, I yeah, would guess. Absolutely. And for every, yeah. every player, it's probably different as well. Yep. And so I'm sure you're familiar with the Purple Kelly edit or the idea of that. So for those who don't know, Purple Kelly edit, there was a girl named Purple Kelly because she had purple hair. And like the whole season, she just got no screen time. Like people kind of forgot about her. I'm sure she did some confessionals or whatever. They just like didn't show her. And so now it's called a Purple Kelly edit whenever somebody just like low key to the side. And I do feel like I understand what you're saying about them not thinking of you as a front runner at the beginning because the first half of the season to be honest with you I didn't really remember you that much because there wasn't a lot going on you didn't <laughs> Abby, you're time. talking like you are on the island with him reminiscing <laughs> okay to be honest I feel like I'm on the island whenever I watch because I feel like I am playing through the scenarios in my head I am envisioning myself there the one thing for me personally is like I low-key don't know if I could handle the physical elements that's yeah. what I'd be most no, nervous you'd, about you'd be, you'd be fine Purple Kelly at it sort of the first half of the season and then I really did pick up that second half and that's when I fell in love and I was really rooting for you or Nick to win those were my two favorites well the, and and speaking of Purple Kelly, Kelly X there was only one episode that I didn't get one confessional at all and it pissed me off so much because <laughs> it wasn't accurate to the days that we had out there so Basically, what they did was they wanted me to have zero screen time so that that big buildup for the idol play would have been even more massive. Because like, I oh, found you were just out of the yeah, blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it worked Interesting. out. <laughs> well, they obviously know what they're doing. As much right. as we like or don't like the edits, this show's been on for like 23 years or whatever. Right. So, like, <laughs> they know how to make people hooked and, you know, super suspenseful and all that stuff. So, shout out to you guys. <laughs> 
do you guys get bored out of your minds? Because there is most of your day is just sitting, right? Once camp has been established. Um, I never ever got bored because I was in my element. I don't know if you guys know country boys, but I was an explorer. Like I was catching hermit crabs. You saw me kill the octopus. It of was, course, this, the I, octopus. You know, and I'm a big zombie apocalypse guy. It really felt like I was in my own apocalypse. I was living. But my castmates would really get bored, and then they'd play these stupid games that would be so annoying that I'd never heard of in my life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they would, they would get bored a lot. There is a lot of downtime, and I think that's why um, the new era is kind of different because they have mm-hmm. 26 days, so they've got to get the punches in. They've got to get their screen time because it's like back to back to back, whereas we would right. have a break, uh, you know, stuff like that, yeah. There- However, there were castmates that you could tell were recruits. And what I mean by that is they wouldn't know simple things about the game. They mm. wouldn't um, – they'd do some things that a super fan would never do. Like Carl's my boy. Uh, he was a fan of the show, but they found him. And he would frustrate me a lot because of the way that he would do things in my alliance. Like that big blow up that him and Gabby had, I really Mm -hmm. feel like if he was not a recruit, we would have been final five. (laughs) And the way that he also was like, I just remember he was like getting drunk and stuff. And I just feel like if you're a super fan, you know, like bad things happen when you drink at the rewards, like things slip, you make unpromises you shouldn't be making, you act like a fool, like you just don't do that. The, the alcohol, well, yeah, because we're not eating anything. Uh, now, I was absolutely tipsy, but I was playing it up because I knew that it was a show as well. And I knew that right. that would be good TV. Now, Carl, on the other hand, no, he was drunk. <laughs> he was just straight up drunk. And when you're sleeping on the bamboo, I just <sighs> I just watch. And I'm like, you know, how? Do you it's- even get, like, six hours of sleep a night or, like, any sleep? Because you're already, like, playing things in your head. But then the sheer fact of just being so damn uncomfortable on that bamboo and like laying around everybody with like your hood over your head. Like, how do you get any sleep? It's so bad. Um, It's so bad to where I figured out a life hack and um, I started just digging a burrow in the beach sand that was like a bed. And that worked mm. way better than sleeping on the bamboo. And I tried not to tell okay. everyone my secret because, you know, I wanted people to be a little uncomfortable Um, because I wanted yeah. them to be you know, out of their mind frame. But yeah, that worked a lot better than sleeping on that freaking bamboo. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. That just seems like it would hurt your back so much. And not just that. I'm sure somebody on the bamboo is waking up every two minutes and waking else, everybody else up along the way. Yep. Yep. And then there's arguments. There's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're wet. Move over. It's like, Oh my gosh, move. I, I don't, I, I come over here. I'm, I'm, I'm cold. Give me the pillow. There's this. It's, it's chaos. <laughs> Do a lot of aspects oh of this feel like you're a freshman in college again. Say that again. Do you kind of feel like you're a freshman in college again on survivor the way everyone like is filling each other out and doesn't really know how to behave necessarily. I'll take it a step further. <laughs> Playing Survivor felt like pledging a fraternity <laughs> to the fact that the elements are hazing you, the production is hazing you, the, everything is just um, a total mindfuck. <laughs> 
Um, also, I forgot, were there family members coming on your season? Or was it just, okay, and you had your family member come, right? Okay, so do they ask you when you're approaching that point in the game, who do you want to come? And did you, when you left, did you prep your mom, like, if I make it this far, I want you to come? What's all of that like? Oh, Good my question, God. Ashley. Do I have a story for you? Because I would choose Abby if I was ever on the show. My parents would not be as excited as Abby would be to be there. <laughs> You're like, I'm not bringing out my family. I'm bringing out my best friend and yeah. podcast co-host, Abby. <laughs> okay, so do I have a story for you? Okay, so Yay. before I applied for Survivor, I was in a relationship. And um, they make you put down two people. So me trying to be weird and trying to get their attention from giving them weird answers for my uh, application, I put down my, who, she was my girlfriend there, I put down my ex-girlfriend, and I put down my Siberian husky, Rufio. Cute, okay. (laughs) So, you know, just something that I thought, man, the production's reviewing these applications, they're like, did this guy choose his dog? Let's get him out here, you know? Just stuff like that. You got to think outside of the box. So um, me and my girlfriend broke up because she felt that I was, you know, preparing for the show too much and wasn't giving it. That's a whole nother story. Um, (laughs) I'm done. You know, so I didn't know who they were going to send for me. I'm thinking, is my ex going to come out here because she wants to clout chase and still be on TV? Are they going to spend my dog? You know, but what they did was my mom nipped that in the butt and she said, no, I'm going out there. So, yeah. And she's like the only one who held out hope that you would get on, even (laughs) though you knew that you you were already ejected and your mom was like, no, they're going to call you. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I bet it's so powerful seeing someone in your family or a significant other or whatever because they're on the island and they're the one person that you can talk to and you know they don't have an agenda and they don't, you know, that there's no line going on. They're solely there because they love you and you've just spent all these days secretly wondering no matter how tight you can be with someone, like maybe in the back of their mind they're going to blindside me, but like just to have that comfort of that family, like. That's just got to be insane. I always cry at those parts too. Oh, man. I'm a very they emotional bring it girl. Back. I want them to bring it back. You know? I know. They're they doing like the videos now and stuff. Yeah, man. We got to. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not. <laughs> I've always wondered about myself if I were on the show. <laughs> right before leading up to Tribal Council, where everyone's being frantic and they're like trying to mince numbers and mince names. Like, who are we going to vote out? What's that going to leave me with at the final Tribal Council? You just wish you had a pen and paper. Are you like writing in the sand? Because I feel like I would get so turned around in my head. Who's gonna might vote for me if I make it to the end? Like how many votes are left? All of that yep. stuff. Yeah, I do wish I had just had a pen and paper. <laughs> that would have been really handy because even in like I told you when they're doing those sound checks and those uh wardrobe checks, we're all in the same tent. So you're even making eyes with people and and making oh sure you have the vote correct. Who's like, is this guy right? this guy right and you'll notice people doing that stuff and that'll make you nervous what if someone looks at you because you can't talk to each other so yeah it's it, having a pen and paper would have done great <laughs> right and another thing is in terms of strategy i'm sure it's different for everyone when do you start thinking about jury management do you think about that literally from the first day like every relationship i make i want to get on people's good side or is it more like once you make the merge you really start thinking like low-key, play my game, of course, got to get to the end the best way that you can, 
But in terms of keeping on the good side of people, when did you start thinking of jury management? You know, I guess because it's probably different. Yeah, you know, I didn't really start thinking about jury management. And this is why I say you don't piss production off until one of the female producers, she was like, you know, Davey, you're doing pretty good. You might want to do this at Tribal. You might want to, you know, talk talk it through at Tribal. I was like, oh, she thinks I has a, I have a shot. Okay, so this is now when my dream management needs to kick in. So, yeah, mm. mainly the merge. I mean, you don't want to outright piss anyone off pre-merge, but mainly the merge is when you get it. When you are um, final tribal counsel in the jury and you are asking questions of the remaining survivors, do do the producers kind of hint at what type of questions they want you to ask? Or are you just completely saying whatever you want? No, um, they completely let us say whatever we want. Like, it's unfiltered. Like I said, it's long. So mm -hmm. they cut out the clips that they want um, and they just use them uh, in the outwit, outlast, outplay. They just throw it in whichever fits. Um, but yeah, they, they let us free ball it. <laughs> okay. Cause I feel like some years the questions are really like, make sense. And other years it's like, why are you wasting time asking that? Like, remember that one right. girl that Natalie, Wait, what was her what name? It was the season of like the the Black Widow women, and oh, they took out Eric. Yeah, she was like, "Poverty, right? are you getting bad like that yes. one?" Yes, <laughs> and we were all like, "I'm sorry, like that's your one question that you have." <laughs> like it was so weird. But now I feel like it's interesting. I wanted to get your take on the way Survivor has evolved so much in these newer seasons. Like you said, we went from 39 days down to 26, mm -hmm. um, and it moves faster. There's all these new advantages and challenges and just things to like throw people off, and then also. Also, in terms of the jury, it's more conversational. Like, people aren't getting up and speaking one time to ask their one question. It's more like everyone's sitting and talking, which is cool. And then, of course, reading the votes right after they vote for it, which is crazy, crazy. What's your opinion on all the changes that have been made? Because there's been a lot. Yeah, uh, I miss the old jury format. And the old jury format was each person gets to get up and ask their own question because I felt like that one had a little more drama in it. And it was this a little one's, more intense. Yeah, this one's a little more tamed. Um, you know, of course, I love that th there's a diversity push now. I don't love the 26 days, and I hope that when I go back out there, you know, they might switch it back, but I don't see them switching it back. Um, mm -hmm. And then I don't love all the new twists. Uh, I think that they're... Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But I feel like they're kind of testing them out. I feel like, yeah, like, let's see exactly. how this plays out. Maybe next season yep. we'll just yep. mix yep. it. Yep, yep. You know, if it's not broke to me, don't you know? Don't fit with it. What's the saying? If it's not broke, if don't it ain't fix broke, it. don't yeah. fix yeah. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you had so, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting hearing a, a past player's perspective because obviously, from an audience perspective. It can be good and bad. I think I like that it's moving along quicker and it yeah. leaves less time for you guys to be bored on That's the beach, true. except That's for you because you weren't bored for <laughs> literally one second. But I just remember in the older seasons, like Parvati laying there tanning in her bikini, just like on vacation and everyone's like, what the hell? And I'm like, that would literally be me though. Like that would be me. <laughs> 100%. Okay. If for anybody applying for Survivor, brand new recruit, what advice do you have? Um, this is the most frequent question that I get. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell people a lot who are millennials, I tell them to think about 
the sitcoms that came on in the 90s. You know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Do you remember Will Smith's energy as the lead? That's the kind of energy that you want to have in your casting tape. Um, you know, because you want to let them know that you're you, but you want to be your most uh, energetic self. Um, you also want to tell a story. It doesn't matter how I give the example. If you're going to make a PBJ sa sandwich, you don't want to tell them, oh, I went to Bilo, I got some peanut butter, I got some jelly, I put it on a sandwich, and then I ate it. It was good. You want to be like, Yes, I went to Bilo, and then, oh, my God, this was this hot chick there. And then when I finally got to the counter, my freaking card declined. What the hell? Like, you want to give them a story. Um, and then the last one, which is one that uh, I don't know if it actually works, but I've kind of been noticing this, is they kind of cast from big cities. So if you're in a small town, I would put the nearest big city on your application. <laughs> <laughs> move quick <laughs> pick up your whole life and move right now if you want to get on survivor <laughs> interesting yeah so i actually went to an in-person casting call in bowling green a few weeks ago which was really cool to see the in-person everything and i don't know if that has any weight in terms of that versus all the video submissions they get or whatever but i do think probably it shows that you're a little more serious about it if you're willing to travel and physically spend hours waiting and going through the process but I don't really know how how they weigh it all out it is obviously a puzzle piece when they build the cast like they have to have a certain archetype for every certain side that they could they could angle it so fun god this has been the most riveting exciting conversation it's so much fun when you're such a huge fan of the show and you get to see the behind the scenes so i really appreciate your honesty your vulnerability and your willingness to just give us the tea lay it all out there not be secretive not gatekeep anything i love it and i love that that's what the survivor community is everyone is just so supportive and into it. And I just am so excited. I'm so glad that you came on the show. And to close it out, the show being our show, Survivor and this podcast. And to close it out, we'd like to ask um, all of our guests, since this is a podcast about life in your 20s, since you've made it out of your 20s alive, and here you are thriving, what is some advice that you would have given to like 21 year old or 25 year old baby, if you could go talk to him? Oh, my God, I just I just thought about this today, <laughs> and I didn't even know. Um, but it's not related to Survivor at all. Um, if I was like, because the one thing that I would love to have a skill in is dancing. I'm a dancer, but I'm not like a skilled dancer. And I went to a cosplay event last night, and those young kids were just getting it. And I was thinking, man, I wish I had actually invested in, you know, you know, learning how to dance. And I think that TikTok culture has a lot to do with that too. Um, so I guess to maybe sum that up and bring it back to your listeners, uh, think about the things that you wanted to do a long time ago and know that they can still be done. Um, I say that to say uh, one of my dreams when I was much younger was to be a cartoonist. And I didn't have a lot of people nurturing that dream. And now that I am 
body abled. I have become a voice actor. Um, I'm really involved with the cosplay. So it's like I'm fulfilling this dream for my younger self, but I'm able to do it now as an adult because I have finances. But that's just go show, you know, I mean, it sounds cliche. Never but- let go of those dreams. You never know the timing of when they're going to happen. So cool. I love that. Pimp yourself out. Okay, I'm on it all. Uh, well, first, even before I pimp myself out, lo and behold, I have a Survivor Watch Party this year. I don't know if you have any Atlanta listeners or any people that's close to Atlanta, but on October the 26th, I'm going to have a Halloween costume party. We've got Window, we've got Sharia, we've got T-Bird, we've got some people coming from Big Brother, we've got some people coming from the new show, The Mole. So come on out if you have a chance. You can check the link in my bio on my Instagram. My Instagram is I am Davy. My Twitter is I tweet Davy. My TikTok is Survivor Davy, and my um, Twitch is I Twitch Davy. So I'm one of those people who's got a different social media name for each. But yeah, you know, you can you can type in Davy and I'll pop up. <laughs> stunning, absolutely stunning. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It has been such a treat for us and thank you for taking all our questions i knew we threw a ton at you just back to back to back but you took it like a champ just like you did on the island um i just wish you the best i'm such a fan of you you. on the show and in real life i can't wait to see you back on the show one day i feel it for you it's gonna happen maybe we'll be out there together you never know (gasps) okay let's make a secret alliance right now right now we're here off air right now we got it okay (laughs) 